0: This a good omen's multi voice written by Copper Beach and Twilight City Sky and voiced by Literarian
1: as Azir Raphael,
2: Sky Asimaru as
3: Crowley, Semper Fiona as Gabriel,
0: Josie
4: X as Beelzebub,
0: Terran as The Spawn, and Jup as Narrator. Summary, on an idle post-apocalyptic afternoon in the bookshop, Gabriel, to no one's delight, manifests in full thick. Heaven and hell are ready to move on from an adversarial footing, and he's chosen the renegade angel and demon for a critical role in the truce. It doesn't go quite the way he hopes. The bookshop was peaceful, dust motes drifted in beams of afternoon sun, slanting down from the central oculus. The closed sign was clearly visible on the door, though Zirafil had neglected to lock up after popping out for a croissant. If you got to the bakery around the corner at just the right time, they were in a state of perfect buttery crispness. He was licking the last flakes of a glistening fingertip and contemplating his next move in a, <sniffs> Crowley was ahead, but Zebrafield suspected he was cheating. <sniffs> when a familiar voice boomed, Fear not, for you have found grace with God. Two hats snapped up. Crowley's knee at the table, sending shell tokens inlet with opal and lapis lazuli flying in all directions.
1: Ah, Zephyr
0: recovered first.
1: Good morning, Archangel. To what do we owe the distinct displeasure? Oh,
2: yeah. What are you doing in here, you sorry fuck?
0: Clarified, Crowley. Oh, good lord. Continued a zero feel under his breath, taking in Gabriel's outfit. A lavish scarlet cloak, trimmed with sapphires and garnets the size of doffsacks, draped over an elaborately patterned rope that tread the floor. Gabriel preened minutely. Not bad, right? Dusted them off for the occasion. The
3: thread's real gold.
2: "'Looks like a fire sale at
0: Versailles," observed Crowley. Gabriel cleared his throat and spread his hands in blessing. "'I bring you glad tidings of great joy,' he said, in the manner of a news anchor reading the teleprompter. (laughs) "'It would give us great joy if you'd bugger off,' growled Crowley, bending to pick up the game pieces. Aziraphale lifted two antique dice from a velvet-padded box.
1: A new match, Crowley? With my dice this time, I think. Don't look like that. I know you were using the weighted ones.
3: This affects you both. Trust me, you're gonna love it.
0: Aziraphale paused with his hand on a game piece and glanced up.
3: Are you
2: still here? I can make hellfire burn from my finger,
0: Crowley said conversationally,
2: rolling his dice. That's how we sign paperwork, downstairs. Wanna see?
0: Gabriel sighed, sagging a little under the weight of his finery. Listen, you know that after what didn't
3: happen, hell and heaven have been forced to embrace comedy. I suppose you'd call it.
1: I cannot see how that affects us. I believe we were quite emphatically demobbed.
3: Oh, but that's why you're exactly the pair to move us forward into a new, peaceful future. Gabriel
0: gave his best promotional smile.
3: You risked a lot, and both the Dark Council and the Heavenly Host have given it a great deal of thought. As the first declared angel-demon couple, you've been chosen to lead our people to a new state of unity, starting with... The smile
0: grew wider and cheesier, if that were possible. Your baby. The dice flew straight up out of a 0 hand and landed in a cooling cup of Russian caravan tea. Milk to sugars. Excuse me? Ah, what? Baby.
3: You know, small, human-shaped, crawls makes loud noises.
0: Blue Eyes met Amber once in dawning horror.
1: Oh, God. I should have known this is how they always try to solve things.
2: Uh, Is he
3: saying they want us to... uh... Have a kid together. Yes, you'll bring forth a son, or daughter, the Almighty isn't picky, of angel and demon stock, born to restore the bond we once shared.
0: (laughs) No. Hard pass. Why not? Aziraphale's fingers were spread over his chest like someone who suspects they're having a heart attack.
3: (laughs) Where to begin? But you have experience. I gather you spent eleven years raising an actual human child who wasn't even yours, just because you thought he was the great beast, the devourer of... That was hardly for the sake of diversion,
1: Archangel. We felt we had no choice. Believe me when I say that
2: of all our six thousand years on earth, Those sucked the worst. Do you know how hard it is to get pumpkin puree out of a Joseph skirt? Those run five hundred
3: quid. You'd be given an allowance.
2: Look, um,
1: this is a bit awkward. But if it's a traditional virgin conception you had in mind, well, where do you think we'd put it anyway? All right. Look round you, Archangel. There's no room for a crib in the bookshop. Or all of the other oddments they require, like hoops and rocking horses and uh Warlock's toys
0: had been mostly unidentifiable objects moulded in Dago plastic.
2: <laughs> I meant neither of us has a uterus handy, Angel.
0: There was a short, contemplative silence. Is
1: that necessary? Oh, honestly. Didn't you read the specs before you gave this speech last time? Well, you could miracle
3: yourself one, couldn't you? The more miraculous, the better. No, he gets enough food cravings already. Why
1: would it be me? You have the experience as a nanny. Eleven
2: years of looking after a human child. It doesn't mean I want to build one from scratch, Angel. I wouldn't fit into any of my trousers, and I just got a new pair of crimson Agnes B. jeans. What about my trousers? They're bespoke. And this waistcoat is an antique. (laughs) About time for a new one, then. With those little stretch panels...
0: Gabriel glanced from demon to principality and back, increasingly confused.
2: You're just winding me up now, Crowley. Course I am. I mean, it's trouble enough getting you pastries from Paris twice a week
3: as a daze. Just think if... This process requires the consumption of gross matter?
0: A furrow was forming between Gabriel's eyebrows. Come
3: on, Gabe,
2: try and keep up. Vanilla hagen and kosher dills. Absolute requirement. Tradition-like. Then there's the throwing up part. Is that how the
0: child emerges? Look, said Ziraphale, in the manner of a team leader trying to get a meeting back on track. You
1: will simply have to recruit someone else for this. What about Michael and Ligger? Oh, my dear Archangel, don't look so surprised. I do still have a subscription for the Heavenly Herald, you know. The gossip is constant that their acquaintance went a bit further than a covert diplomatic contact. Michael's been comfortable with a female corporation ever since she went into battle with St. Joan, and now that Adam's restored Demon Ligger... Bastard! Still can't get the stain out of the carpet! Well, dear, young boys have different views about tidiness. As I was saying, the child could be born complete with a precious little gecko
3: for a pet. Out of the question! Whatever the gossip columns say, heaven does not employ back channels.
2: Can't get kids that way, anyhow. Dear, though that brings us back to the
1: point... I
3: don't follow?
1: I mean that for the present we both favour our corporations as they're currently gendered. Which, for purposes of reproduction, represents what you might call a no-exit scenario.
0: Gabriel tugged at his bejeweled cloak, which was threatening to slide to the rock on its own weight. I argued for this, because I was certain you
3: two, of all people, would be grateful. It's still a shaky truce, but you showed us that hell and heaven can reconcile. No thanks to you. And now it's time for you to lead us again. Help our sides go forward in peace and harmony. Accept the honor with joy, like Miriam of Galilee. Joy? She hated it. Now, Aziraphale, I was there. I remember it quite clearly.
1: You were there for as long as it took to say, Blessed art thou among women, and frighten her into next week. Really, how do you expect a fourteen-year-old girl to react to someone popping into her bedroom tricked out like that? If you'll remember, you assigned me to keep an eye on her till the baby was born. Morning sickness, swollen ankles, back aches. Getting married off to someone her grandfather's age to save her reputation, and I may say he was extremely surly about it, even after the sum of money her family settled on him. It wasn't how she'd been intending to spend her teens.
0: But... Insisted Gabriel, with the mounting desperation of an automobile salesman asking what it would take for you to drive off the lot with this car today.
3: A child is the embodiment of love and hope, a recommitment to each other, a pledge that our sides will reconcile.
2: Uh, sounds like those human couples who needed a divorce last week and decided it'll fix things to have a kid instead. Seen it. And doesn't it work?
0: A blinding flash of white teeth.
2: Uh, if by working you mean two years of custody battles and ten more in therapy, sure. Sure. And from the less
1: symbolic perspective, young humans extrude any number of noxious substances, screech more loudly than your trumpet, and you simply cannot trust them around valuable manuscripts. A priceless book of prophecy recently came into my hands with its title page defaced by childish
3: drawings. In colored pencils! I'd have expected you to be less selfish. You claimed to be so fond of these humans. What about your own? There's exactly one celestial being
1: whom I think of as my own archangel, and he happens to be sitting right here.
0: Crowley and Aziraphale exchanged distinctly sappy glances. Gabriel's complexion began to darken.
3: You've always shirked your duty, Aziraphale. Let this snake squirm into the garden when you were supposed to be on watch. Probably making eyes at each other even then. Don't know how you've never fallen, but I'd think you'd want to give him a chance to redeem himself. I find my husband in no need of redemption. Thank you. Devote yourself to something meaningful. Stop right there, Archangel. Think about the position you've placed me in. Going back to the host and the council... Nope, guys, the second enunciation failed because Aziraphale fail thinks it's inconvenient. Enunciate this.
0: Aziraphalea abruptly executed a double-two-finger salute. Crowley's eyes widened in slightly lustful admiration. Gabriel did a credible imitation of a codfish. Am I... He managed finally, gathering the remains of his poise about him. To understand that that is your final answer.
3: If neither heaven nor hell can conceive... Zirafield paused
0: pointedly.
1: Of solving a problem in any way other than hurling a miraculous infant at it, you are going to have to find someone else to be unselfish. There is a book called, I believe... How babies are made, which might be of assistance. It's almost certainly sold at Waterstones. And do kindly try not to let the door strike your nethers as you depart.
0: (laughs) Conceive. Brody snorted some time later, when it had become clear neither of them could concentrate on returning to the game, and Zafil had found a well aged bottle of Shiraz.
2: Thought for a moment there you were gonna smite him.
1: I must admit the uh, temptation existed. It was enough that he had the temerity to present us with a proposition like that and then implying that you needed any sort of redemption. Ah, always like
0: it when you give me a good redeeming. A brief elucidation followed.
2: Sexy when you get all smitey. Hmm, I see. I could have scorched him, you know. Just a little. Only, uh...
0: They never even had candles in the bookshop nowadays. I know, dear. Aziraphale kissed the top of his head, settling into the horsehair cushions.
1: Do you know, for a moment there I almost thought you were considering the proposal. All that about clothing and so on.
2: Could get you one of those cute T-shirts with the arrow pointing down. Under construction. One of mine, you know. Crowley,
1: do not even imply
2: that I would appear in public dressed in a T-shirt. Who said anything about in public? Have you all to myself? Delicate condition. Chisel away all the customers. Rub your feet. You wouldn't seriously want to... Nah, Angel, just pull in your chain a little. Got everything I want right here. I suppose he'll never realise. Six
1: thousand years of habit. Thinking they always know what's best for everyone, and here they're celebrating a truce exactly because Adam made his own choice. I do like to think we had some small part in showing him that we all have choices. I have you to thank for showing me.
0: The expressions of gratitude became more eloquent.
1: And if, you know, we ever did want to... Well, we've got all eternity to entertain the possibility. So long as we're the ones who decide...
0: Four
4: years later. It might be fun.
0: No! An ear splitting screech pierced the peaceful summer air.
4: That was what you said, right? It might be fun.
0: Come on, you love
3: dinosaurs. Put it on. There's a good offspring. No, Dino!
4: Could you try to get her to eat something? Her breakfast was one bite of banana dripped in raspberry ribena.
3: That's because she got into the milk tray. Darling, just put the shirt on. No! Det has short sleeves.
0: Two putchy arms folded defiantly across a small, like a chest.
3: You have to wear short sleeves. It's blistering out.
4: You're the one who wanted to move here. Closer to nature, you said. A better place to raise a child, you said.
3: How was I supposed to predict these heat waves? There aren't enough miracles to keep up. Come on, little progeny, arms up. Pretend they're wings. I want longsfees. And no dinos.
4: Ugh, here's the pear she was eating last week, behind the sofa.
3: What's wrong with dinosaurs? Your shoes have dinosaurs on them. All your books have dinosaurs. You told me you wanted to grow up
0: to be a dinosaur.
4: That was two whole days ago.
0: There was the whirl of a half-decomposed pear being fed into the garbage disposal.
3: I want the pineapple shirt.
0: It's in the wash.
3: I want the pineapple shirt. Fine, fine. Here, pineapple shirt. Complete with spag ball, all down the front. Appropriately demonic. Look! Look how big demon I am! Please get down off the coffee table. Remember, you're an angel too. Now the shoes. Want my boots? No boots, little one. It's July. Boots! How have the humans been doing this since the beginning?
4: Just let her put the boots on. The book talks about natural consequences.
3: When did your side start going in for natural consequences? Are you about to throw that shoe? Put it down, or you'll have a time out. That's it. Time out. No!
0: The tiny, dark-haired figure flung itself on the floor, screeching with rage, big tears filling her violet eyes and spilling down her cheeks. A cloud of flies, buzzing contentedly after their feast of rotten pear, went off to explore the light fixture.
4: The book says timeouts are ineffective and antiquated.
0: Beelzebub's accent popped out when they were under pressure. Yeah, well, it was a book that got
3: us into this in the first place.
0: Gabriel had finally picked up a copy of How Babies Are Made, shortly before a quiet conversation with Beelzebub. They always put me on announcement duty, he'd complained. Spreading the joyous news, not that anyone appreciates it. I have to admit, I'm curious. Beelzebub had raised an eyebrow, and he'd pressed on before he could lose his nerve. Maybe Aziraphale has a point. Why don't we see for ourselves what all the fuss is about? The Prince of Hell had given him a long, cool look and said simply, All right. They'd done a coin toss for the uterus, which Gabriel felt he'd lost. Though after Beelzebub interrupted an important diplomatic conference to chunder into the wastebasket, he changed his mind about that. Ouch! He fished up a Tonka excavator from underneath, where he had just collapsed on the sofa, and, a moment later, a fossilised donut.
3: And the book didn't say anything about how much gross matter would be involved. What's your schedule?
4: I've got the quarterly budget meeting at ten. Staff in the Ninth Circle are complaining about the Seraphim skating on the ice down there. They want an allocation for a Zamboni.
3: And I've got to get ready for a delegation of virtues and imps who want to unionize.
4: Well, if you can watch her till noon, Haster can take her. Won't that be nice, maggot? You like Uncle Haster?
3: Don't want Haster.
4: You had fun lurking with him last week.
3: He smells like poo. I could ask Michael to mind her for a while, so we can get some work done. Maybe get him a workout upstairs later, if the gym's not overrun with succubi and yoga pants. Michael spoils her. Don't want Michael! Just for a few hours,
0: sweetheart. Want Daddy! Oof!
4: Perhaps I should not have read her this,
0: said Beelzebub, fishing out a copy of Hop on Pop from under the recliner as Gabriel's Brooks brother, Scabardine succumbed to the maulings of grubby three-year-old hands, a smear of mashed banana, and a generous helping of snot. Want
3: daddy! want daddy!
0: So, said Beelzebub, perching on the arm of the sofa with a usual inscrutable expression.
4: Are we feeling reconciled yet? Yeah?
0: Gabriel spoke as best as he could with the wind knocked out of him, through a shock of coarse black hair, and with two chubby arms in a deathlock around his neck. His words were muffled as he hugged the small, squirming form to him. You know, he said in an uncharacteristically soft voice, I can't speak for our sides, but I am. The end.